0: It is so good to be with you and worship with you at Providence Church. My name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to so many of you mothers who may be joining us today. We pray that it is a great day for you and a day of honor to all of our moms. I want to share with you a few things, uh, a few lines that we say around here at Providence Church. And some of you will know these. But we have a bunch of new people who join us online, which we're so thankful for. So these are some things that we've said over the years that have kind of got in our bones that we say all the time. The first is this. I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. Another is we've learned that sometimes you have to believe in things until you see them. And then one for today is is real simple. It's just, I believe in miracles. And I know that some of you who are watching right now or listening to my voice are just barely hanging on, just barely hanging in there. And so I want you to hear these lines and know that you don't have to give up. Hang on and to hang in there. And the way that we're going to do that today is through prayer. Let me just say those lines again, maybe, maybe just for me. I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. I've learned that sometimes you have to believe in things until you see them, and I believe in miracles. And some of us who are watching today right now are just barely hanging on, barely hanging in, and I want you to know that you don't have to give up, that you can hang in, and we'll do that together, and the way that we will do that is through prayer. When we first started uh, this church, my wife and I, Rachel, and a group who had this crazy dream to to start a church, uh, we met in all kinds of places. We started out in my living room and met in a hotel meeting room, a city park, and schools, and we ended up in this one elementary school where we sort of settled in. In that first season of becoming a church, I was a 27-year-old pastor. There was a night that I received a call in the middle of the night, and I learned that two of our teenagers had been in a car accident on this road called Central Pike, not far from here, a real winding road. And their parents had called me and asked me to come to the hospital. And so I drove in the middle of the night, and I found myself in the waiting room in that bottom lobby of Vanderbilt Medical Center while Michael and Doug were in surgery. And it was down there in that that lobby, the the five of us sitting around, and there was a, a Gideon's Bible sitting on the table, that we learned that Doug had broken his neck, and was paralyzed. I was actually there a few days later when the doctor came in and told us that Doug would never walk again. And it was actually that day that um, Joe, Uncle Joe, Doug's uncle, who was his guardian, Doug's parents, passed away, and he lived with his aunt and Uncle Joe and Patsy. And Joe asked me, he said, Pastor Jacob, will you anoint Doug and pray that he will be healed? And I'll never forget it, standing there in that trauma unit ICU, not even much of a room, just sort of a makeshift room. And there's Doug, this boy I love. He has sweat on his brow, this big contraption around his neck. And his uncle is asking me to pray for his healing. And so I went over to the sink there, and I got some water on my hand. And I did not have the faith to do this, but since Joe asked me, I did it. And I put some water on Doug's head, and I said, Doug, I anoint you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would be healed. And Doug just kept on laying there. Several weeks later, they moved Doug to this place called the Shepherd Center, which is in Atlanta. It's an amazing place for spinal injuries and paralysis. And I actually visited Doug down there one time, and I saw him working and and trying to move. He was fighting. We were praying. And then one Sunday morning at the time we were meeting in that elementary school and Joe and Patsy didn't tell me (laughs) this was happening. Just in the middle of worship, I look up and in the back, walking down the middle aisle was Doug with a walker. And that little baby church who had been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for Doug stood up and applauded (laughs) and cheered our miracle, God's miracle, Doug. You see, I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. And I've learned that sometimes you have to believe in things until you see them. And I believe in miracles. And so if today you're just barely hanging on, I want you to hear my voice saying, Don't give up, hang on, <laughs> you know, hang in. And the way that we're gonna hang in there together is through prayer. In Acts chapter three, it says one day, Peter and John, these are sort of two of Jesus' closest guys, were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Verse two says, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple court. So picture that, every day, his friends pick him up and they carry him to this place and they set him down on a mat And he spends all day there begging. And then at the end of the day, they come and pick him up. Verse 3 says, when he, that man on the ground, saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. (laughs) And Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him, walking and praising God. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ, and I believe that sometimes we have to believe in things until we see them happen, and I believe in miracles And this day that we hear about in the scriptures, Peter and John were going on on Monday to the prayer gathering (laughs) at 3 o'clock. It wasn't really Monday. We have one on Monday. Maybe it was Monday. Monday at 3 o'clock, they were just going up to pray, and there's a guy on the ground who interrupts their walk to the church and is asking them for money, but they don't have any money, so they give him what they do have, and they pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the man whose legs had never worked before work when they pick him up. And he jumps up and down and they go into the tipple, and he's clicking his heels. And people are like, what in the world? I know that guy. He's the guy whose friends carry him here every day. And he begs and now he's walking around. This uh, this scripture, uh, it captivates me, this part where it says that Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So what you need to know about Peter and John is they walked and talked with Jesus, and they saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And they were given the Holy Spirit, and now they've seen thousands of people come to know Jesus. Like, if anybody could just sort of run on the fumes of being in Jesus' presence, it was these guys, they touched Jesus when he was resurrected and ate fish with him. They saw him lifted up into the sky at his ascension. They were there at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And you know what? When it's like almost 3 o'clock, they're looking at their watch, and Peter's like, hey, John, it's time to go pray. They're like, oh, man, yeah, it's time. The bells are ringing, aren't they? Yeah, we got to go up. We got to get up there and, and get to prayer. And so, you know, if Peter and John... If they needed a pattern of prayer in their life, then we do too. They had seen what God could do. They had seen the power of Jesus, and yet they were still relying on this pattern, this rhythm of prayer in their life, going to the temple to seek God and to pray. And so I want to share this with you. With prayer as a pattern in your life, this is sort of what we learned from Peter and John right here, with prayer as a pattern in your life, people will ask you for things and you will know what to give them. I think that's so cool because so often right now what I see people doing is trying to give things that they don't have. We are trying to give things, impart things to people when we don't actually have it. Like I see folks who want to give um, Peace to their kids, right? They want to impart peace. You know, kids are struggling. They want to give peace to their kids. And they're doing all these things to give peace, but they don't have peace, and you can't give what you don't have or it's like we're getting back together in work and we're coming back together and you're noticing like hey people aren't as helpful as they used to be and we're feeling kind of disconnected and folks are cranky i really wish everybody could just be kind to each other but when you do an assessment of your own heart you see that you're not really helpful <laughs> at all either and you're worn out and so you're wanting something you you're wanting something to happen but you can't give what you don't have I talk to folks who are concerned about their parents and like, my parents have reached this stage in their life. Like, this should be, they should just be enjoying it. They should be content, but they're struggling. I want them to know contentment. I want them to enjoy this, but that person is not content and that person is not enjoying it. So it's like, you can't give what you don't have. One of my mentors, Tom, always told me, Jacob, about the church. He was like, Jacob, you cannot take the church any further than you are. You cannot take this church any further than you are in your prayer life or your worship life or your belief in miracles. And so and so he would he would impress that upon me to just say, you're not going to be able to give what you can't have. And that's what I love about this scripture with Peter and John. The man comes up to them, and he, he wants some money, right? He's like, he's begging. He said, will you give me some money? And Peter and John are like looking in their pockets. They're like, oh, you know what? Turns out we don't have any silver or gold, but we will give you what we do have. I love that. They said, we can give to you what we do have. And what Peter and John have is a storehouse, a well of prayer. And so what they give to the man in that moment is what they have, which is prayer. They offer to him this prayer. And in the prayer is the power. You see, Peter and John know the power of Jesus Christ. They know the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this guy, you know, he's asking for change, for a cheeseburger, and Peter and John tell him to stand up when his legs have never worked before. Peter and John have this boldness and a generosity of the Spirit where what they give to the man is they say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Walk. And, and so they, they give prayer to the man. Now, don't, don't mishear me. Um, you know, sometimes, I'm not saying that like, sometimes people that are physically in need, we don't have to give them what they physically need. Of course not. What this scripture instead is urging us to see is that the people of the Spirit should not withhold the Spirit which we have, which is the best thing that we can give. I've been addressing during this season of prayer that we've been in, that we've called and they prayed. I've been addressing over and over, parents, grandparents, you know, aunts, uncles, friends, for you to consider, you know, what is it that you can give to these folks? What is it that you can pass down? You know, on Mother's Day, we're thinking about those good things that have been given to us, good things that have been passed down to us from our moms. Well, I want to say to you, and I'm talking to myself, parents and grandparents, if you want to give good gifts to your children, if you want to pass something down, you need to get on your knees every day at 3 o'clock or 5 a.m. or 10 p.m. You know, we're the people of the Spirit, and the thing that we can pass down to our children is the Spirit of God in prayer. We can keep passing it down to them and passing it down to them. We can bless them with our prayers, and so what we give to our children in prayer is power and healing and motivation and encouragement and and inspiration, and yes, miracles, miracles coming in prayer. We've talked just the last couple of weeks about how prayer can change things, how it can affect the atmosphere and actually even change the course of events, and this might be a sticking place for some of us, and I get that, you know, because we we, we we can see and think you're saying that my prayers are that I get to say what's going to happen and it's going to happen. Well, not exactly. You know, in that lobby at Vanderbilt Medical Center, we prayed that prayer and I prayed the prayer in the room. There was still time in between and Doug still has physical things that he has to struggle with in his life. But we got a whopper of a miracle. But there have also been many, many other times that I've been at Vanderbilt Medical Center or other places and prayed prayers and the things that we were asking for didn't happen. You see, prayer is not our opportunity to say what's going to happen into the future. Prayer is our opportunity to sit down in our seat and rely upon the goodness of God and trust upon the goodness of God and to allow God to do God's thing in that moment. In fact, I would say to you, beware of those who speak something into the future as if they can determine the outcome of events because that is someone who's putting themselves in the seat of prayer, Uh, I mean, into the seat of God. The seat of prayer is something different. The seat of prayer is a a release. It's an opening up, and it is a belief that God can do what we can't do. Jesus, in his physical miracles, was always pointing to a bigger miracle that was to come. Even in Jesus' day, people were perplexed and confused why Jesus would heal this person and, and not this person. What Jesus instead was trying to point people to was this great miracle, the miracle that was for everyone, the miracle of life here abundantly and eternal life with God. And so if you were to ask me, you know, do I believe in miracles? Do I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ? You bet your life I do, and I'll pray that over you, claim that over you, but as your pastor, it's not my task to try to explain the mystery of God. His ways are always higher. His thoughts are always higher, but I will come and pray alongside of you. I will come before God with you, and we'll call upon his heart to do the thing that we are longing for God to do. So a few things I've been learning in this season that I wanted to share with you. The first is this. Prayer actually takes us out of the determining the future business. So some of us, we actually need to get released from um, this belief that we can determine what's going to happen in the future. And that's what prayer does. It, It gets us back, you know, in the seat that we're supposed to be sitting in. Prayer takes us out of the determining the future business. Prayer gives us access to a power that can do anything, and so we do believe that prayer can change the course of events. As we trust God and rely upon his goodness, prayer gives us access to a power that can do anything. Prayer helps us stop giving what we can't give. Stop trying to make things happen. Stop trying to offer these things that, that are out of our control. Prayer gets us in that place where we say, here's what I can give to you. I can give you uh, the, the, the well, the storehouse of my time with Jesus. And, and we can begin to impart the power of God to other people in prayer you know prayer is how we pass down blessing it's how we pass it down and pass it down and pass it down and pass it down so Doug called me uh, recently that's why he's on my mind this our first miracle here at the church he called me and um, what you need to know about doug is he's he's gone on to get a graduate degree in counseling he's never left our church and in fact uh because he believes so deeply in the vision of this church, which is to see people who feel disconnected from God, receive hope, healing, and wholeness in Jesus. He's now a Christian counselor in our town doing that day after day after day. But anyways, Doug called me because he's getting married. And he asked me if I would officiate his wedding, which of course I said yes to. And so now, in just a few months, uh, I'm gonna get to stand before the church again and see Doug walk down the aisle. I will be able to notice and see some evidence of the difficulty and pain that he has gone through in his life. But we will get to stand again before the congregation. And my thought is when I catch Doug's eye that day that we will both acknowledge together that God can do anything. You see, I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. And I've learned that sometimes you have to believe in something until you see it coming. And I also believe in miracles. And so I just want to speak to all of you who are, who are joining right now, who are just barely hanging on. And you were thinking about giving up. I want to say hang in there and, and begin to engage in a pattern of prayer in your life. Just go every day and pray and pray and pray and pray like Peter and John, uh, you will find there that God will give something to you that's not only for you as you experience healing, but it will be something that you can pass on to those that are around you. I wanna make sure you know that on Monday night here at the church at 6.30, we have a prayer gathering. This Monday night uh, is gonna be a healing service. And so if you know that you are particularly in need of the healing power of Jesus Christ, I would invite you to come on Monday at 6.30. Let's pray together. Oh God, we believe that you can do all manner of things. We don't always understand it or understand your timetable, but we come to you in prayer right now, especially those of us who would say we're just barely hanging in there. And we pray, God, that as we pray, you would fill us. As we pray, you would renew us. As we pray, you would gather us close. For those of us who are praying things for a long time, we pray that you'd give us that faithfulness that would believe until we see it. And as we hear the miracles that have happened in the scriptures and the miracles that have happened in our own life, God, we believe that you can do a miracle in our life. And so we look to you and we trust to you and we cling to your goodness, the goodness of God. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen.